The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. This week is a solo episode, so you'll just be catching up with me, kind of a mid-semester catch-up is the plan. So we'll talk about how I've been working on my remaining test cases, if we've been having exams or not, and just how school has been going. Now that I'm almost done with my third year and also a little bit of updates for board studying as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hopefully this episode ends up being like long enough because I always feel like I don't have a lot to say when it comes to these catch-up episodes, but then they end up being as long or longer than my normal episodes. I pulled up my calendar so we can kind of recap little by little how things have gone. For contacts when I'm recording this, it's about the end of February. I just started my spring break. It's like Sunday at the start of spring break, so we have all of next week off And then I come back for two weeks of hospital rotation, which is half hospital, half oral and maxillofacial surgery, but all at the University of Michigan Hospital, which is convenient because it's actually really close to my house, closer than the dental school is. And apparently it's pretty low maintenance. You can put in as much effort as you want and like be in as many surgeries as you want and get a lot out of it if that's your thing. But if you want to just go to a few surgeries and study or do nothing, you can. So I'm probably going to be using that like half of the day every day to study more, which I'll talk about boards probably in a second here since we're already kind of leading into that and how updates would be about my studying so far. But I have those two weeks of hospital rotation and then I have one week where I'm back in clinic and that Saturday after that. So the 25th of March is when I take my boards first day and then I have Sunday to rest and lightly review if I want. And then Monday I take my second day of boards. And then I think it's about 10 days to 14 days, just about two weeks till you get your scores back. So they don't pop up automatically, unfortunately, like the DAT did and it's pass fail. So it's not on going to be like a ranked comparison thing with other people. Plus I'm not applying to any residency specialties, anything of the sort. So I wouldn't even necessarily matter what score I get, but as long as I pass this, then I have a one component of my dental licensing complete, which I'm really excited about. And I just think it's nice to get it done right now because if I wasn't studying for boards, this would be an incredibly light semester, honestly. And I would rather be studying now when there's snowstorms, rainstorms, gloomy weather than in the summer when there's opportunities to 
make trips out to see friends or family or just hang out in an arbor, do more things, be outside, just enjoying nature and life a little bit more. There's more chances for that, I feel like, in the summer. So I'd rather get the boards done now instead of taking it in July, August, like a lot of people did previously. And the reason people did that previously is because at my school, we weren't allowed to take INBDE until we were officially fourth year. So you couldn't sign up for a date until mid-May at the start of your fourth year. But now they opened it up a semester early so we could sign up for a date starting the first week of January. And then you obviously need to plan out time to study and everything. So most people, the earliest they're taking it is this weekend at the end of spring break. And then some people are taking it the following weekend, the next couple weekends, late March, like me. And then I think the next crowd is taking it kind of late April and mid-May. But a handful of us are all taking it in March. So it's nice to know like other people are studying when you're studying or that some of my friends are using spring break to study like myself rather than going on a fun trip or something. But I have a lot of travel and exciting things planned for the summer that I'll talk about in intros and episodes as they come up. But I didn't mind using spring break to just relax and I get to spend time with my boyfriend, which is nice too in the evenings when he's done with work. I can just study all day and then we can hang out and relax together. So it's going to be very restful and productive. And I think that's the best kind of break you can have if you can go back into school feeling recharged and not feeling stressed like you didn't address things that needed to be taken care of, which in my case case is studying for boards. So how have things been going for boards? I would say I realistically knew I wouldn't have a ton of time to study every day. So of the schedule that they created, I broke everything up into two days, sometimes three days, because they would have four or five, six hours of content planned per day in the template schedule, if you will. And I knew I wouldn't have that time or I knew certain days I had like the Asda Gala was one day, so I knew I wouldn't study that night because I was going to be out having fun. So I made my own schedule and I still haven't been able to really stick to it if I'm being honest. If I didn't have the stresses of clinic going on, I think I would be able to, but some days I just am so mentally drained that I just couldn't (laughs) get myself to study, or if I was, it wasn't going to be productive studying. And I think it's so crucial to recognize that in yourself. And there's a point where you can listen to your body and do what you need to do. And then there's a point where, okay, your big exam is next week. It stinks that you're burnt out or that you can't focus, but you need to be able to ignite something inside of yourself and focus. But because this is happening late January, mid-February, when I'm having these stressful days, I just take it easy. I might do half of what was scheduled that day and just make up for it on the weekend or make up for it over spring break when I knew I'd have eight hours instead of two hours a day to study. So I do have some things in my schedule that I like highlight them in like a gray when they're done. So it's all just kind of grayed out if it shows that it's done. And then I highlight them in a light pink if I need to go back and do them. So There's quite a few light pink things, but I think I'll be able to get them all done this week. And I even brought or bought from Target yesterday a just notebook, which I've had an iPad since middle or early senior year of undergrad, I believe. And then our dental school gives us one. I don't really use the school provided one. I like mine better because it's just a nicer version. But beside the point, when I had a lot of didactic classes, early dental school, and then at the end of college, I used my iPad. I didn't do paper notes anymore, and I really liked it, but 
I think there's something to be said about <laughs> pen to paper. And there's a lot of things with boards, especially pharmacology, that I feel I just don't know and I won't know by just looking at practice questions over and over. I need to actually sit down and try to memorize the content. Like it's not something I can look at and understand and know the answer like some other areas of boards. It's really just going to come down to putting in the energy, putting in the work and memorizing these facts about these drugs and their mechanisms of action and what they're used for. And I've just been kind of avoiding that, hoping there'll be some recognition and association, which maybe for a few drugs there is, but there's got to be at least 50 that we need to recognize and know. So that's something I want to have a better handle on by the end of this week of spring break. And then there's also the genetics component I need to write down and review a little bit. We actually had a genetics course in dental school, which I don't think most programs do, but it was the end of first year and now I'm at the end of third year. So you can imagine I don't remember most of it. And that's kind of the same thing with pharmacology. You took it, um, I think late first year and early second year and ours didn't even have tests. They let us pick between taking a test or doing a big project and I picked the project route because you were more in control of your grade it was more work and it made things make a lot of sense in the moment and I understand why they did that but I just don't remember any of it so that's kind of unfortunate but that's the way things are and that's why they have boards study programs because as much as I can look at every single question that comes up and say oh we have learned about this in this class or that class but because we have so many classes and so many tests and so much content all at once. You just miss some of the information or you don't retain it all, all the time. I would say when I'm going through the sections on INBDE Bootcamp, which is the website that I'm using for most of my test prep, when I'm going through the sections and the questions, I probably have anywhere from 50 to 80% that I know very well and then the rest is either you can mark things green yellow or red so the rest is either yellow or red but certain sections such as all of the pharmacology I'm pretty much all red and yellow I barely know any of it so it's nice that I can at least make something out to know what I do and don't know and now I can have more guided studying and I also left the last probably six or seven days before my test as just review time and then the whole week before that I'm doing practice tests all the way through so I should have plenty of time to get this content down before the exam and again it's pass fail I don't know exactly how many questions or percentage you need to pass I would imagine it's around a 70 75 because that's usually how classes are but I don't actually know for sure it might be as low as a 65 it might be as high as an 80 but pretty much everyone I know in the fourth year class that has taken the INBDE and some of my friends that are third years at other programs like Buffalo for example have passed and have used this program or other programs and I know people that have studied way less than myself and a lot of my classmates are right now so I try to encourage and motivate all my peers that are freaking out about this exam that most people studied a lot less than us and still passed so I think we're going to be just fine but to summarize my update I'm not where I need to be yet but I have basically a month from today my test so I'm sure I'll get where I need to be as time goes and I'm just trusting myself and trusting my study schedule and trusting my own 
I guess, self critiques <laughs> to know and recognize my strengths and weaknesses and spend time on my weaknesses. That's my biggest tip for these tests. It was my same thing for my DAT as much as at the time of my DAT, a lot of the quantitative reasoning section was my worst. I was avoiding it or certain things I didn't understand in bio. I was avoiding it and said, oh, I'll just get these questions wrong. I'll learn it later. Eventually it's later and you have to learn it. So that's kind of where I'm at with the pharmacology on the boards now that you just have to sit down and learn it and figure it out. Because if you leave too much stuff that if this comes up, I guess I'll just get it wrong. That's like risking so much. So you have to break down the subjects that you don't understand or the types of problems that you don't understand into smaller chunks. So I can't just say, I need to learn all of pharmacology today. I'll focus on one type of drug. So all the antibiotics is what I'm going to get today. And then tomorrow I'm going to get the cardiovascular drugs or the antifungals or pre-medications or different things like that. And that goes same for if you're studying for your DAT, like don't say I need to finally understand quantitative reasoning today. Think about I'm going to understand Probenstat dice rolling problems today and just take it one thing at a time. And then at least you know if ever Probenstat dice rolling comes up, you're going to get that question right. And that can give you a lot of confidence going into the test if you break question types down and work on one at a time because then at least you know when that comes up you've got it instead of sometimes you've got it sometimes you don't so that is everything for boards and the second half of this episode we're going to talk about clinic and test cases and scheduling all of those fun fun updates Okay, let's get into it about the semester. So we got back from winter break and clinic started up on Wednesday, January 4th. And so it was a short week, which was nice. And then we went right into MLK Junior Day the following week. So we didn't really have any too strenuous weeks at first. But I think when I started the semester, I had just gotten assigned a few new patients and I was hoping that my schedule would get busier if I can remember correctly. And boy, did it, did it get busier, let me tell you. So I got a few new patients from my D4 vertical, which is basically the person in my kind of mentoring clinic team. I don't actually assist him very much or talk to him a ton, but he's very nice and he's doing orthodontics. So he got his graduation requirements done and was like, please take these patients. I don't really have time to see them or, you know, I'm not going to do restorative anymore. So you should do it or someone should do it. So I was very appreciative to him for giving me some new patients and that allowed me to stay busy and quickly all the new people and their planned treatment ended up filling up my schedule pretty significantly into late January and all the way through February. I've been pretty fortunate. I think I've only had one or two cancellations right before the appointment. And one was like an emergency with family and the other one was transportation emergency. So it is what it is, but I haven't really had any no-shows or anything because this patient base now that I'm seeing is a lot more reliable. And that is just luck of the draw. You all know I had a lot of no-shows. Like I would schedule my four or five appointments per week and two or three of them and like one or two of them wouldn't come every single time. So I haven't had too much of that now and I think that's been great. I've also started a lot of prosthodontics lately. I'm in the middle of quite a few complete or partial denture cases. The way they show us our graduation credits or just credits in Axiom, 
which is a patient management software. Maybe an office you shadowed at uses Axiom or Dentrix or EagleSoft. I think most dental schools use Axiom. But you can see your completed credits. You can see your planned credits. But then in the middle is called in process. So that's whenever you started something and it wasn't completed that day. So that's normal for dentures or for crowns because you have to do your impressions or multi-series appointments for dentures. But I've also had some fillings that end up in process because they weren't, maybe like the contact wasn't closed or I had a tooth adjacent to a crown that I was working on that also had caries, but we couldn't get all the caries out sub G as easily and the tooth was going to get crown lengthening. So we figured we'll just wait till the crown lengthening's done. So I have a filling and the crown in process because the patient finally got crown lengthening and now we're waiting two months to heal and I finally get to finish the crown prep and get those caries out of the adjacent tooth at the end of the month. So this in process thing can mean maybe it's getting delivered this semester, maybe it's not. And I have over 100 credits in process. And I don't know if that means I'm like poorly time managing or if it means I have a lot of patience and it's good. Because most things, if it's crowns, you might know that that's about a two-week process. So you prep the tooth, two weeks later you could deliver it. But I just have some of these in limbo land because then they're waiting to see the specialists and get the crown lengthening and then they need to heal. Or I have some dentures that we started the preliminary impressions, so they're in process, but we haven't been able to get to any of the other appointments yet because the patient's not ready to pay or they need extractions and they're waiting or my clinic schedule is full. So I have all this stuff in process and I don't have appointments necessarily for all hundred of them to be finished this semester, which is kind of annoying. My goal is to be about halfway done with our graduation requirements at the end of the semester ideally and a lot of people in my class are well above that but I just don't know if that's in the cards for me because I was a little behind I guess you could say the first couple semesters just because I didn't have a lot of patient needs I was still on average with the rest of our class because most people were behind because it's just kind of a similar experience that you don't have as much work when you're first starting out clinic but now that I am busy I'm sure I will catch up and we can see more patients per week starting fourth year which will start in may so i know that all these people that have a lot of things that they need i can bring them in and actually get it done so i'm not too worried about the credits but i'd like to be exactly halfway done with credits since i'm exactly halfway done with clinic but ideally you want to be more than that because fourth year you go on four weeks of external rotation each semester so 12 weeks total that you're not in the clinic and not earning graduation credits or working on test cases or anything And then I'll probably be missing some days for conferences or maybe for job interviews. And it's even worse for people applying to specialties because they're traveling for interviews or externships. So they really have a hard time getting those requirements done fourth year. But I think I should be okay overall. But basically my schedule, as I told you in the beginning of the episode, I'm booked out after spring break for two weeks because of rotation. I can't see any patients. So I'm just a little stressed about trying to fit all these people in. I have all my appointments because we can only book four appointments per week booked out for the rest of the semester, but there's still someone that needs to get their crown impression and crown delivered. So I have two more appointments for that. And then I have a patient that wants to do the full 
immediate slash temporary, whatever your program calls it, denture process with extractions, but I can't get them in to do the wax rims because my schedule's full at the moment. So I'm trying to get some exceptions made, but the thing is you can't ask for an exception for every patient because everyone's patients want to come in and be seen for the most part. If you're in pain or if you want teeth, you want dentures, you want teeth out, you want crowns, whatever. If someone really wants their treatment, they want to come in and most people have several patients like that. I really didn't till now, so I'm grateful to have people on standby if I have cancellations that can come in and start working on fillings or whatever. But point being, most people have patients that want to be in at the school, but they can't make exceptions for everyone because then it's not an exception. It's just the new standard. So I can't be asking for an exception for this crown patient and this denture patient because I already got an exception for another crown patient and another denture patient. So I'm not really sure if I'll be able to get them in this semester, but it's all very stressful. And there's just so many crazy scheduling and nuanced things that go on in clinic that are so out of my control, but I try to be an advocate for my patients and run around the building and talk to this head of this department and this head of the clinic that I'm working in and this person in the other clinic to see if maybe I can work there because that's the only place that has a specialty faculty that I need to work with that day and all this stuff that's just a little disorganized at times if I'm being honest and stressful but I'm doing my best. And as much as things don't always work out, I just have to remind myself I'm doing my best. So I will give you a little story from this past week and then we'll probably wrap up the episode. So I have to do my crown test case. That's my last test case of D3 year. I finished all my restorative, all my perio, the rest of my pros and my radiology and treatment planning ones. So I just have to do a crown prep get that graded, get the impression graded, get the temp graded, and then the delivery graded. Seems pretty straightforward, and I actually have a decent amount of patients that have crowns planned, but for whatever reason, they either aren't ready to start it because they can't pay, or they need crown lengthening, so we're in process and we won't deliver it this semester, whatever the different situations. And I've even done, I think, two crowns and a bridge, but they don't meet the criteria for the test case because maybe there's not an opposing tooth, or maybe... It's just redoing an existing restoration so you're not prepping it yourself so it doesn't count. So all these little nuances and it gets so frustrating, but thankfully one of my fourth year friends helped me out and let me use their patient, work with their patient for the crown test case. So I was able to prep down a natural tooth and do the crown prep. It was a very stressful appointment because the tooth I was working on for my test case was adjacent to another tooth that needed a crown. And clinically and in the patient's best interest, it makes sense to do both crowns because then the lab can make an ideal perfect contact all at once. So again, the best thing to do was to do the tooth I was planning to work on, but also the tooth in front of it. So 19 and 20. And of course that took a while because we had to get the existing crown off of 20 and fix the problems that it had that made it need to be redone. And it ended up taking two appointments. So the second appointment, I was able to finish the preps and get the ideal reduction. That was also a problem because the patient had kind of a deep bite. So it was hard to get enough reduction without making the clinical crown of the tooth I was working on too short. And we were able to manage it all. So that appointment, I got my temporary and my impression graded. The first day I got my prep graded of the tooth I was kind of being tested on, even though I was doing the work for the two teeth. And then we had it scheduled for a delivery about 
nine days later, I think. I think the appointment that we prepped it was a Tuesday, and then the following Friday we were going to deliver it, and it was approved by the school, all good to go. And then probably about five days before the appointment, they tell me that there's a prosthodontics conference and the faculty won't be there, so I need to reschedule. And of course, this is frustrating because we know that conferences are scheduled a year in advance, so they should have known that faculty wouldn't be there and that they shouldn't let us be scheduling patients then. So I go and try to move it to the day before when there is faculty in the clinic, and they approve it. And then they tell me about four days, three or four days before that appointment, actually, now there's not going to be faculty in my clinic that day either because of this conference. And my poor patient has been rescheduling work things, trying to make everything work to come in and get these crowns. I've been running around school trying to get approval from different people to get this appointment to work. And I was so disappointed and I just wasn't wasn't going to put up with it. So I tried to make accommodations to be seen in a different clinic or work with a different faculty that did have prosthodontics in that day. And I got a lot of pushback, but eventually got it approved. So I was happy that I finally worked it out and we could stay on the schedule that we had because I don't want to leave a patient in temporaries that are usually a temporary is supposed to last about two weeks till you get them their crown. And at that point, I was going to be on spring break for another week and then two weeks of rotation. And then the patient was traveling for work. So who knows how long it was going to be. And then, of course, there's a big ice storm that hits Michigan, right? And most of the country are ice snow, depending where you live, this past week. And I called the dental lab and I say, hey, I know there's an ice storm happening tonight. Do you think the crowns will still be delivered in the morning to the school? If not, I just want to cancel my patient and give him notice so it's not so last minute because all of these changes have been fairly last minute and frustrating. I'm sure on a patient perspective, I know I would be frustrated. And the lab says, yes, they'll be ready. Don't worry about it. And I said, okay, cool. And then I show up the next morning and our supply dental stores man, staff, he's great. He said, I haven't heard from that lab all day. The phone just goes right to voicemail. They probably lost power like most places have in the area. And that was exactly what happened. He called their delivery driver and the delivery driver said, oh no, we're not taking out orders today. We're closed. So even though they told me they would be delivering orders no matter what, they did not deliver orders on Thursday or even on Friday because I thought maybe I could see the patient Friday morning because I found a clinic that also had a pros faculty I could work with, but no crowns to deliver meant no patient appointment. So I had to cancel it, cancel my patient. And again, this was supposed to be my test case, which really in the big scheme of things is not what's important. I just wanted to get the treatment done for this patient. That was my priority. So it was very disappointing that it couldn't happen. And we're still kind of in limbo. I worked with the head of the prosthodontics in our dental student clinics to come up with a plan and some options to see this patient in um, a different clinic session. But now I'm just waiting on the patient to figure out their own schedule, which is very fair because they've made lots of accommodations to get this to work. So Fingers crossed that the temporaries hold up well and that we can get this patient in and I can be done with this very, 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 very stressful test case that should have been straightforward. But of course, just you all can imagine like when you need 10, 15 different things to go right for something to get done, odds are one of them is going to go askew. And in this process of getting these crowns prepped, many things went askew, but we worked through it and I learned a lot and I would rather have bad situations happen in dental school 
as many as possible as unfortunate as it is the more bad things that happen the better because then when I'm out in practice I'm not so frazzled when something goes wrong so that's really the attitude you got to have when you have challenges and failures and problems in school is that you're in school for a reason and you have experienced dentists to bail you out and to help you and coach you through it and work with you and to learn from and you would rather have that happen now than when you're independent and have to completely problem solve and work through everything on your own. So that is my story and that's where we're at. There's no resolution to the story yet unfortunately. I'm hoping in the next week or two I will see the patient and deliver their crowns while I'm on rotation. Hopefully it will still work, but time will tell. And I'm sure I'll update you all eventually. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Haley Schultz Dental to get some updates. I'm sure I'll post updates on my stories. I usually do. And then the podcast has an Instagram, what you're listening to right now. I always post what the episode is each week over on Dental Download Podcast. And eventually I'm going to get better about having you know, snippy audio segments from each episode, little graphics and stuff, probably after boards are done though, because I just don't have time right now. But we're going to level up eventually here and get more, maybe some video component included and just a little bit more marketing. So make sure you're following over there. And again, it helps me out so, so much if you're willing to give the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. It helps it get promoted to other people or send it in like your class group chat or to some of your friends and share share the knowledge, share the fun. I'm sure I think our episodes, especially with guests, are really insightful. I learn a lot from them. So hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast the past 151 episodes. That's crazy, 151 weeks straight that I've been posting. And I just want to thank you for being part of it, whether you joined in very early or if you're a newer listener, I appreciate you and I appreciate your support. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week.